Welcome to the Emotional Fortitude Podcast. How to build the emotional fortitude to win in life and in business. No fluff, just real-world results. I'm your host, Ida Marmorani, ex-Israeli Special Forces, former undercover agent, jiu-jitsu black belt, and mindset expert. Hey guys, welcome to today's episode. Today, we have Ben McAdam with us. Um, ben, please say hello to the people. Hello to the people. How are you? <laughs> so Ben was one of the members of the very first ever arena cohort. He did the accelerator when it was just uh, very new and raw, and he had a pretty impressive transformation, even just during the six weeks. And I wanted to bring him in here to talk a little bit about that and the lessons that he's shared and kind of his perspective on how it felt during the process and what helped him more than anything else. Sound good? That's great. All right, Ben, can you please introduce yourself a little bit, who you are, what your business does? Okay. Uh, hi, everybody. I'm Ben McAdam. Um, my business is called Profits Collective. And what I do is I help business owners understand their numbers and, and grow their businesses, whether they want to grow their profits, grow their businesses, or, or both. Usually there's some unknown for them around what their numbers mean and what to do about it. Um, but it can kind of branch out for there. The numbers are a good canary in the coal mine for all sorts of issues. Um, cool. I generally coach one-on-one -on -one and occasionally do groups and, uh, been doing this for quite a while now. I think, where am I somewhere 14, 15 years? I don't know. It's, it's been a while. Okay. So if that, that's a good piece of context for 15 years. So you did mm -hmm. the arena, I want to say about a year ago now, right? Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So, yeah. So give us a framework of where you were at year 14 and where you are right now. Like, well, okay. were you there? Where are you right now? As far yeah. As so the quick, quick headlines is that I was earning you know, anywhere between five and $10,000 a month. Um, and I wanted to earn a lot more. I wanted to support my family, wanted to travel. Couldn't see how that would happen. I was getting fantastic results for people and, um, tens of thousands of dollars, hundreds of thousands of dollars kind of results and charging them like $500 a month or seven fifty a month. And fearful and reluctant of, of charging higher, uh, fearful and reluctant of, of doing podcasts and presentation opportunities, um, fearful and reluctant of going after bigger clients where I could actually have a bigger impact with the, the knowledge that I have, um, which would be better for the client and, and they'd you know, more able to pay me more what I was worth and I'd be able to earn more, be great for the family, all this kind of stuff. And I had been wrestling with that fear and reluctance for years. And I help other people with that reluctance sometimes as part of what I do. Just couldn't crack it for myself. And I tried a lot of stuff to try and do it. Like, you know, I, I wasn't just accepting the situation. None of it really seemed to work. And then the now picture is, well, I'm, wait, wait, cur I'm curious. What yeah? did you try? I tried um, a couple of different therapists. I tried masterminds with other business owners. Um, I tried journaling and meditation and going on walks and in nature and, and the kitchen sink, basically the, yeah, the kitchen sink and the events and conferences and, and YouTube and blog posts and, 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 you know, quite a lot of things. <laughs> um, okay, and where are you right now? Well, right now, uh, I'm actually in Rome and traveling 
constantly with my large family, which is expensive. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm earning quite a bit. Yeah, more. So, yeah. um, so I went from five to 10 K a month to like anywhere from 20 to 40 K a month. Um, and that's, amazing, man. that's awesome. Yeah. And I, I charge more and I am also a better coach. Like I get even better results with my clients now and they're enjoying the calls even more as well. So like, it's not just a benefit to me. It's a uh, benefit for my family. You get to experience this lifestyle and, uh, and have a happier bent. And it's also been beneficial for my clients as well because they're, they're getting better results and, and enjoying the process more too. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Also, um, mm. how many, how much were you working before and how much are you working now? I think this is oh, important. Yes. I'm glad you brought that up. Um, it's, it's been such a transformative change for me that I kind of forget all of the things that used to suck. Um, they're just like not part of my reality anymore. So I used to work oh, well over 60 hours. Um, and most of that was really ineffective. It was busy work. And it was lots of things that I felt I had to do. Like I had this big, strong drive of like, Oh no, I have to work. Otherwise, um, you know, I, you know, what happens if one of my clients leaves? Like I, I have no leads or I'll have no leads or what if I go through a drive spell or like there was so much fear and that was driving a lot of work that I didn't actually need to really be doing. Um, I tried all the marketing things as well as all the, all the, like the, the, the therapies and the conferences and masterminds and things. Like I, I, I tried all the marketing things and I spent a lot of my time jumping from different marketing thing to different marketing thing, totally unnecessarily. And how much do you work these days while traveling? Uh, Cause that's, while tra I remember you said you're going to try this and I'm curious how much you actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I only do calls on Tuesdays to Thursdays. Um, I don't do calls on Mondays or Fridays and I generally don't actually work. I just, you know, might look at some emails, make sure there's nothing urgent from clients, um, for maybe 15 minutes, half an hour. Um, I think it's like 10, 10 hours a week, maybe. It's, yeah. Whatever. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah, it's, it is. <laughs> yeah. But that's what you can get. Like when you have a skill set that you've accumulated for 15 years and you finally kind of unlock Mm. So, but let's talk about this. Let's get into it. Um, the meat of kind of what your transformation was for me was a lot around imposter syndrome. Mm. Yeah. Would you agree on that? Oh, absolutely. And, and in fact, like you and I first met because we were matched up in a mastermind and I quit that really? mastermind. Yeah. Yeah. And I quit that mastermind because I would be so anxious every time that like this guy this Itamar guy, like he sees straight to the core of things. <laughs> He's going to find me out. <laughs> well, well, yeah. So like my imposter well, syndrome drove me away from the guy that was actually needed to help me, unfortunately. Um, so yeah, it was, it was enormous. Like every time I did anything, there was so much stalling and procrastination and thinking and fear and anxiety and everything around it. And then, you know, I, I would do the thing in a small, lower level way because of the fear. And, um, then, you know, after I did do it, I was like anxiety and like when it didn't actually work because my imposter syndrome, like I'd, I'd reduced it to an ineffective dose. 
you know, this thing that I'd done. Um, and then nothing came of it. That would like just reinforce the things like, oh, I'm no good at this. You know, I can, I can teach other people and, and get them results. Um, but I can't do it for myself. Actually, no, I didn't even think that at the time I was like, oh, I'm no good. I just like, I'm making it up on the fly. Every coaching call. Oh my God. I hope they don't ask me a hard question or that there's something just today's the day that they realize, oh, and doesn't actually know what he's talking about. Like it was just everywhere. This imposter syndrome. Yeah. yeah. So what was your process in getting over it and getting to this other side? How did that really happen for you? There, there were two things no, that no, happened. So, sorry, Ben, sorry. if I may, I want to retract that. I think there is yeah. like, I want to ask a better question for the audience. Okay. How can, how would you say this is a way for you to, to tell, to notice if you're suffering from this? If it actually is imposter syndrome and you do have skills, but you're just not seeing it or whatever it may be, how would you advise somebody to first off, like be aware that this is probably what's ailing them? Yep. So I think if you have some of those feelings I described where you don't think you're worthy to do something, or you think you're going to get found out that one in particular, you know, if you think you're a fraud and it's just a matter of time before other people find out that kind of thing is a big clue, but I think coupling or comparing how you see yourself versus how other people see you and trying to get some objective evidence in, into the mix helps a little, I mean, it's, it's fear. So it's very hard to out logic fear sometimes, but it was helpful to me. Um, one, one of the helpful things in the arena was when there were a number of other business owners on the call and it, it, it you spelled through, um, you know, what are the kind of results that you get? And then, and then they were like, you know, there was an objective voice, I think that was, that was, uh, pointing out the fact that like, hang on a minute, the way you think of yourself isn't right. Um, I, I think, you know, if people are like for the, for the listeners to answer the question you asked, if they think of themselves in some way, and then, you know, you share that with somebody who would be able to objectively evaluate it. Um, and they say, hang on a minute, that I don't know where you're getting your ideas from. Like you don't suck. You're not a fraud. Like this is who you are up here, you know, not this down this level that you, you, you think of yourself. And, and so that's like one of the symptoms. If other people continuously look at you and go, hey, what, why, why are you doing this small thing? Why are you charging so little? Like, you know, the advice that you're given in, in yeah. your business is like, go for this, go for this high thing. Um, there's a reason why they're saying that it's because you have imposter syndrome and you don't believe it. Yeah. Like, I'll be honest with you. When you first, what you said at first is like, if you feel not sure of yourself and then I was like, I'm a bit cautious. Some people it's valid and not feel sure of yourself. Yes, exactly. just starting out. <laughs> you, know what I mean? you were already 14 years into this. That was the big difference. Yeah. And that's why when objectively other people saw like your experience and the results, so like, this doesn't add up. And I think mm. what you just mentioned now about asking somebody else who has a bit of domain knowledge and a bit of merit in this department, am mm. I acting in line with how I should be acting or am I way, way lower than that? That's a really great way to do that. Yeah. And, and just to give the listener a heads up, it's like, that's the piece of advice that works, but your imposter syndrome and your sense of being a fraud is going to like skyrocket until that person answers in a non-judgmental way. So like mentally prepare yourself, emotionally prepare yourself that like, you're going to feel really awful potentially. Um, but, but that's why that's, 
you know, one of the, the, the lead dominoes there is just trying I mean, to feel awful. Like while you're asking this, because it's such a nerve wracking question to ask whether it's going to validate your fears or not. Exactly. Yeah. Because the imposter syndrome would be, is, is trying to protect you from getting found out as a fraud or like that's, that's how it seems. Yeah. And like, so, you're going to ask someone, am I a fraud? <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. So I do want to ask you something. Cause I, I just literally remembered this when we had our, our initial call to so the application call into the arena. I remember you cussed me out because you said some blog post made, like made something click for you, you know, from a blog post to bar, like go to hell. <laughs> and I, I'm I don't remember what that blog post was, but I remember it really upset you that it like, it made something click. And I'm wondering what it is that that clicked for you. And you're like, Oh, this might actually be what's going on here. Cause yeah. again, that could help people kind of identify things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and just to clarify, I, that was an affectionate way I was doing that. I know it's a, it's, it's, a, it's an Australian <laughs> thing. I've learned whenever Australian, Australian people thing. cuss me out, there's, it's a weird way of affection. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Damn you. You're so right. Um, uh, let's see which particular blog post was it? Um, I remember the lightning, the load point was really helpful. There was a lot of stuff in there that you've incorporated into other things in your, in your content and your opt-ins and things of, um, yeah, sorry, I can't remember which blog post was it. No worries. <laughs> I don't remember. No worries. Uh, it's all good. Um, so let's move on from that though. Um, um all right. So please walk us through. This is how you can identify how, what was your personal journey in overcoming that and really kind of mm. shedding yourself of that, that weight. Yeah. So I think it started with like, I was tired of trying to fix this problem and it not being fixed. I was tired of my life, not being at the level that I wanted it to be at. Um, I was tired of the, all the, all the symptoms of it, like the, all the constant anxiety and worry. I'm like, it's just, it's got to change. Um, which was helpful, um, to, to have that rock bottom or moment or whatever you might call it. Like this is, I don't want to do this anymore. You know, um, for me it was, sorry, sorry, this is, you know, how did I move through this? How do I, how, how do I get past this stuff? That was the question. Yeah, but I, I think it's a valid point what you're saying. Like, first off, you decided enough was enough. That that has yeah. to be the starting point. You got to yeah. a place where you're like, this is just not acceptable. Yeah, yeah. So that that was one piece. It's like, you know, I don't want to do this anymore. So that then made me comfortable enough to expose myself to your content, like read through your blog post. And a couple of friends had been telling me, oh, you need to, Ben, you know, friends that know me really well and have worked with you, like, Ben, you need to, work with it in my, you need to have a conversation with it in my, he will fix this stuff. And, uh, it, it, it took a while having that. I've had enough moment made me go check out your blog and like, you know, baby steps, um, fighting against the imposter syndrome. Um, it, it felt like I was, uh, I had this big weight on my back or, or like a bungee cord attached to the wall behind me. And I was trying to walk and it was really, really hard. Um, and so baby steps help. So reading the blog posts, um, signing up for the email list, um, doing the lightning, the load mini calls pointed out that there is a way to fix this. Yeah. Um, it is something that can be fixed and it, it gave me a, a, it made a difference. Like I, so, so yeah, I'm sorry, okay. that's really interesting. So what you're saying is that 
before you, you didn't think there was a way to fix this. Like you were just like, this is just something I'm going to have to live with. Well, I, I had given up after trying all of those things. Wow. I had given up uh, on, on thinking that there's a solution out there. Um, wow. And yeah, so realizing that there, there was something that could help and like you, there was some advice in the blog post and in, in the mini course uh, that I opted into that I, I implemented and it helped. I'm like, and it gave me so much hope. Um, that like, oh, you can, you can get past this. You can defeat these things. Your life, you know, this doesn't have to be a permanent part of your life. Like having brown eyes, for example, it's like you, you can put context on, but you can't actually change your eye color. And it's something you have to accept if you don't like it. Yeah. Um, but like this mindset stuff and this imposter syndrome stuff, like you can work through it. Uh, it is actually possible. And then, and, 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 and what I did, it's like, not only did it give me hope. So I started trying you know, thinking that, yes, I'm going to invest in a solution. I'm going to do something. It was something that, uh, sorry. Sorry, if I may, I just want to say that mm. that's amazing. I, I never knew that. Uh, I never okay. knew that, that that's where you were, that you had given up hope on this and you didn't think it was possible. And, and I think honestly, just like, I'm so happy with this podcast <laughs> in case there's anybody else <laughs> out there who, who yeah, was kind of like lost hope on it. Just think this is something that they have to accept and that, mm. and how their life will be. And yeah, just that is like it's worth this episode and it's waiting gold, so to speak. <laughs> yeah, but I'm very glad we clarified that. that yeah, yeah it's, it's it's a big, big thing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, definitely. Sorry, sorry, I was interrupting you though. Please go ahead. That's okay. Yeah, definitely good to underscore for people that like if you've tried all the blog posts about trying to get rid of imposters in your room before and it hasn't worked, or you've tried a therapist and it hasn't worked. Um, yeah, it's just it is something you can fix. Um, yeah. So, um, yes, that, that gave me hope. And I started like taking action again. Um, and, uh, so reading more blog posts and, and I reached out to you for a call. Um, but I think it also, one of the other things that it did apart from like getting me to work on it is it also weakened my imposter syndrome enough that I could take the next step. And so there's an element of, snowball metaphor about dealing with this stuff. Um, I feel like I'm at the fun part of the snowball metaphor where it's like, there's the big snowball and it's a little bit unstoppable now, um, which, which is good. It has, it has momentum, but like at the beginning, it's like there's, there's baby steps. Uh, you, you gotta like roll that snowball down and it doesn't seem to be making much progress, but it enables the next step. And then, the, you know, you can take bigger and bigger steps and work on the harder and harder, deeper and deeper aspects of it. Um, so, so that's something else I wanted to share with people. It's like my transformation was pretty rapid. Um, and, but that's not to say that like, it was like large, big, easy steps from the very beginning. Um, it was definitely a snowball. It's like very small snowball at the beginning. And then like that, that thing became a monster. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. And this, it does. And, it, and it's so interesting because honestly, this is not at all what I was expecting to talk about today, <laughs> but I, I think it's, it's yeah, no, but, but it's so powerful because I think it's such a big thing for a lot of people. First off, recognizing that, they don't have to surrender that this is just a reality mm. and it's a shame. I didn't know that people like that was a situation for a lot of people and it probably is. Mm. And the second thing how you're saying is that you can take small steps as well. 
It's like, it doesn't have to be this binary all or nothing. I'm going to figure out this one silver bullet and it's going to solve everything magically, but just, there's a way to take small steps. And every time you take one step, you can take the next step. And then you have enough strength and momentum to take the next step and so on and so on and so on. Mm. So yeah. you had enough momentum and then you joined the program mm -hmm. and that's when you made like a giant jump. So what actually happened there? Take us there. Okay. Why, so, what helped you and what could help other people, so to speak? Okay. So there were, <laughs> there was a lot of things that I got from the arena and a lot of ways that it helps me. Um, we will be forever if I don't focus it on the imposter syndrome. Stuff. Yeah, that's a, that's a bunch. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so, um, I think the question that really helped, uh, one of the questions that really helped is, um, this idea of, uh, actually, no, I'll leave, I'll leave that point till afterwards. Let me come back to the, the point I mentioned earlier about, uh, there were other people on the call and, you know, you asked me some questions, um, that brought out the fact of what I do, no emotions. And, and it was like really good that you were able to keep me just to the facts and, um, and then having the other did, people on the call, sorry, go on. Do you remember how we did that? I do. And I'm leading up to that. <laughs> it was really powerful. Okay. <laughs> um, um, and having the other people on the call, other business owners, varying levels, varying industries, varying countries, um, and, and backgrounds, look at those objective facts and say, and, and, and to like confirm, um, that like how I should think of myself is a lot higher than, than, than I am and that the gap there, it became so obvious and it's something that I keep coming back to. So. I took lots of notes during that call and I like at least once a month, open up that Google doc and read that section, um, of what we did because it, it, it's so powerful. And so the concept was externalizing, um, instead of saying, you know, thinking about myself, it was, uh, what, what you advised me to do and it's worked really well is, you know, I was calling myself a profits coach and it was profits coach X or someone like Ben, not Ben. No, 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 we're not, we're not talking about Ben. You're going to advise someone that's got these traits. Let's just ask a couple of questions and, and to just to clarify what those traits are that this person has like, okay, now advise that person, what they should be doing, what they should be charging, who they should be talking to, all that kind of stuff. And so depersonalize. So I, uh, I want to clarify this just for a second, yep. just for the audience. So mm -hmm. what we did here, we really flushed out like who this Ben person kind of is who his profits coach is, if you take off the emotional person, we just ask, okay, what are his accomplishments? What are his achievements? What are the results he gets for clients? What is his reputation? Clients enjoy working with him, do they not? And so on and so on. Also like, what are his traits? Is he a dependable person? Is he an honest person? And so on and so on. And then we were able to objectively like look at this kind of resume almost and say, how should this kind of person conduct himself in the world, both in business and in personal life? And that's yeah. really what that crux of the exercise was. Yeah. Yep. And yeah, it was really powerful. Um, and then the last piece, because we would, this was in the context of tackling how much should that person charge? Um, it was ben, like, all I the just questions. want to say one more yep. thing before we yep. go on. 
because I know that it's powerful, but do, but I also remember how uncomfortable it was. And whenever I do this, oh, yeah. people, it's very uncomfortable. And yes. I'd love for you just to like say why, why it's uncomfortable or just reminisce about it. Like, I think it's important to like, look at both sides of the coin, that it's not just this awesome airy fairy thing, but it is uncomfortable to look at it. Oh yes, absolutely. Um, it is very uncomfortable and I'm glad it wasn't the first thing we did on the first call of the arena because I wasn't ready at that point. <laughs> I wasn't comfortable in front of the group. Why was it uncomfortable though? You... Well, it's, I think the fundamental thing about imposter syndrome or one of the big things about it is that it's a belief thing versus a facts thing. And it can defeat facts in, in a lot of cases when you're just thinking to yourself, you know, like, okay, I've got this great result for a client immediately. It's overwritten as that was a fluke or it's, or it's, or it's minimized in some way of like, oh yeah, but I had this other client where I didn't get such an amazing result for them or, or, or something like it's, it's, it's always like noticing being present in the moment and separating like what are the facts and then what's the reaction from your imposter syndrome like how it interprets those facts um staying present and believing those facts and 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 uh, i don't know it was like it was, it was a big uncomfortable struggle to sit with them and so, not automatically minimize them <laughs> yeah so basically person x is one of the most aggressive intervention tools i use because it is an intervention tool. It's literally saying, this is what you think of yourself. Like people don't think they're an alcoholic, but then like, no, no, your whole family's are saying you're an alcoholic. It's similar to that. Like, this is what you think of yourself, but this is what's actually going on. Mm -hmm. and seeing that in front of you in such clear, that's why I opened, I didn't ask you just to talk about it. We actually wrote it down on a doc and we shared yes. it, share a screen with everyone. Yes. Because yep. I wanted just to be there like in front of you so you could see it. And I think mm -hmm. that's what creates that discomfort. Like, wow, I might need to change my worldview here. Yeah. Because what I've been going on off, off of isn't the truth. Hmm. Yes. Actually, it's very interesting. You, you use the alcoholic thing in there as, as an example. Like it, it oddly, I feel like it had the same amount of discomfort and, and guilt and shame or, you know, some negative emotions that I had been behaving the way I had behaving when all these facts are in front of me, like, this is the kind of person that I am. I have been charging so little. My family has been deprived of a better quality life that I could have had if I had been charging the right amount, if I hadn't been acting as if I'm not quite the person that I am. Um, like there was some, some regret and some negative things that were, were there that I had to face as well. It was like, yeah, it was when you asked me the question earlier, like it was uncomfortable, right? And I, I can say yes, but like trying to get specific about the uncomfortable feelings is really hard because there were many and they all kind of blurred <laughs> together. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. it's hard to pick one of them out of the soup. Um, yeah. But I think yeah. it's what you're saying is there. It's that realization that you were not acting how you should, mm. not how you wanted to. Yeah. Oh, and this is really big. So let's like finally really get into the meat of it. What <laughs> happened from there? Like keep taking us through it. Okay. So that was the big one. And that person X exercise has been something that you've used with me as well in our one-on-one -on -one coaching because it works really well. 
<laughs> for me and for defeating my imposter syndrome. Um, there are other things that were really helpful is this idea that you shared in the arena of, okay, here's what you want. Like, you know, we worked out what do you want and then who's the person you need to become in order to achieve that or what kind of a person achieves those goals. What do you need to do differently? Um, what, what are the rules, um, that you would make decisions by? What are the things you would do or not do? What are the values you would hold or, or not focus on? Um, all those things gave me a blueprint of what life on the other side of imposter syndrome looked like, mm. which was, you know, it's helpful to have a light at the end of the tunnel for like, you know, hope, you know, whenever you're slogging through something emotionally difficult, but it was also, it gave me a kind of a benchmark for me to see, am I making progress as fast as I would like? Uh, and if I'm not making progress, like that's a sign that, you know, there's more to dig into here um, and, and need to do about it. And, and it gave me clarity as well. It made it so obvious between the person X exercise and the, who do I need to be or what kind of a person would achieve what I want to achieve. Um, it, it was just so much clarity as opposed to the fog of imposter syndrome and the minimizing of the facts and like misdirection and procrastination and all the kind of stuff that happens. Um, yeah, that, that clarity was really powerful. Yeah, that's great to hear. And I think to kind of just uh, encapsulate all that, a lot of times I think people don't see success trying to deal with uh, basically creating a new version of themselves. Perry said you call it a transformation it's to deal with the transforming into a new person mm -hmm. because if they only try, sometimes without success, sometimes with success, to kind of remove the constraints they have, the blocks they have. But they also don't clarify what the new version is supposed to be. So they don't know what they need to move towards once they don't have whatever's holding them back, holding them back anymore. So they're just yeah. kind of stuck in the snowman's land all of a sudden. They've, gave it, they've maybe shed their old identity, but they haven't clarified what the new identity they're trying to pursue is. So they're just stuck there. And then they end up mm -hmm. reverting back to that old identity just because it's familiar. And it's yeah, something. absolutely. The example that I see in coaching my clients is they tell me their goal is to sell their business one day. And then I'm like, okay, you want to sell your business in 12 months or 24 months. Great. This is the plan we're going to do to get there. And when they start getting close to it, they're like, I could do this for another three months, you know, grow my business a bit bigger and sell it for a bit more. I could do this for another six months or 12 months or whatever it is. Like they don't pull the trigger on the thing that they said that's important to them. And there's an element of like, yes, recalibrating your goals when, when, when you get close to them is, is okay. But for a couple of people, they didn't decide to list their, actually list their business. They didn't pull the trigger onto that until I said, you know, we went through a deep exercise of like, what does your life look like afterwards? Um, mm. and this, this is <laughs> one of them was me post uh, going through the arena. Um, uh, and I had better tools that I could use to do that, um, <laughs> to, to help them through that. And it, it, it's something that is in like, you know, the Bible of the online business world, like the four hour work week. It's like, you've got to build a picture about what your life looks like after you retire. Otherwise you never will. I think was the way Tim Ferriss phrased it in there. Like, if you don't know what it looks like, you'll stay in the comfortable and the familiar. Um, and so, yeah, it was really helpful for me to have that help to build the picture of Ben, 
um, and, and what he looks like. Um, because I can all, all day, I could do, you know, the spreadsheet daydreaming thing of like, this is how much revenue I want to make. And so therefore it's this many clients at this price and I have to do these different marketing metric things, but I had no toolkit for doing that on the personal side, like the values and the, the, how I would make my decisions, uh, and, uh, and, and that kind of piece. So that was really helpful just kind of in general, but also for getting through the imposter syndrome. Yeah. Mm. And I want to say, this is so interesting. I've learned a lot actually in this episode because I've, <laughs> I was thinking it's going to go an entirely different way. And we would talk about the, from a more uh, technical perspective, how, like what we did and what this caused this, and then this exercise mm. or that exercise. And really what you've talked about, and like I said, this is such an emotional thing. And you talked about the emotional process of, getting yourself to first get going by saying like enough is enough. Like saying, this is, I don't like this situation. I don't accept it anymore. And then what gave you the emotional permission to say, okay, maybe this is valid to change when there was that mm -hmm. intervention and people around you saying this doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. And then finally, what gave you the courage to make the leap into the new you by clarifying what that new you is, and not just being in the law. And I think it's such an interesting arc. I say you got over it by first, again, recognizing that you're not accepting it, then having some kind of emotional understanding that this isn't actually what needs to be. It's not relevant. Mm. And then finally saying, okay, what do I actually want? And then let me step into that. Mm. That'd be accurate. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I, I, I'm kind of glad that we went this way now that I think about it because, I mean, you can give people the, the steps to follow, like all all these exercises are not intellectually complicated. Um, they're emotionally, I, complicated. They're emotionally complicated. Yeah, exactly. And, and for some of them, you, you do need somebody else. You can't do this on your own. You need someone who's really good at it. And that's why the arena was really powerful for me and our one-on-one -on -one coaching. Um, and, and I'm not just saying this to try and sell your coaching or anything, but it's amazing and everyone should buy it. <clears throat> um, <laughs> <laughs> Um, appreciate that. Yeah. But th the reason why it was helpful is because there's somebody on the other side and, and that's you, like, as you said, like you opened a Google doc and you typed down all of these facts about profits coach X or you know, yeah. someone like Ben, you typed it all out and it was there in front of my face and you saw that that was necessary. If I had read in a blog post that like, here's the tools, I probably wouldn't have been able to do it on my own. Um, like, you know, you need a helping hand if you want to go faster. Like, Wait, like I, I, I want to, I want a big, this is something that's really interesting what you said. Mm -hmm. I, I would have, I expected you to say, I probably wouldn't have done it on my own. Like, I just wouldn't have done it because we read things, but we don't actually do it. But you said, I wouldn't have been able to. What do you mean by that? You wouldn't have been able to do it on your own. So, um, I am a very intelligent guy and thanks to this work, I'm able to actually say that on a podcast. Yeah, I was just going to say, like, good on you for finally owning up to that. <laughs> so I'm a very intelligent guy, so I can figure pretty much anything out. If not on very little information, I can learn fast, like all, all the bits and pieces from there. So what defeats me is, and what was defeating me with the imposter syndrome, is the emotional stuff. So if you had given me the tools, I'm like, yeah, I probably could have done um, run with it intellectually, like 
the person X ex- exercise is very, very simple. We could walk people through it. Um, and maybe it might be helpful to do that anyway. Um, so that they could so do it, uh, they, they could do it as they listen. But if you don't tackle the emotional side of things, people will listen to this episode, go, Oh yeah, that sounds really good. You know, that makes logical sense. I like the way I can see that it would definitely be helpful. Um, I'll do that later. You know, people yeah. listening to podcasts might be like exercising or walking. They're like, okay, cool. I will block out some time in my calendar and I'll do that later. And then mysteriously, the time doesn't get blocked out in the calendar. They get distracted. Yeah. Um, and like, that's, that's the way to defeat, you know, you know, if, if we were having a mental battle, um, the way to defeat me is not giving me a problem I can't solve because like you give me a complicated problem and I'm going to be excited about it. It's like, distraction, misdirection, all this emotional stuff. And, mm. and so like, I want to make sure that I highlight that for people, because if we did just give them the exercise, they wouldn't do it. Um, and so yeah. if, if there were anything like I was, <laughs> I think this is great, man. And we'll wrap it up because there is resources for that, that I offered how to do this exercise. And again, you'll find them somewhere in the show notes below or in the links around this video, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I think it's such a great segue. And Ben, like, do you have anything, any final words you want to say? Any advice for people who feel this kind of pinch? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I want to underscore baby steps. Um, take the baby steps. Um, if you get used to taking something, a, a little step that's a little uncomfortable, you get used to the discomfort and it just like, it snowballs from there. And it's, it's amazing. Um, I also want to add something that I'm not sure where would be the best point to, to fit this in the episode. It's like, for me, one of my big signs, like I said, misdirection and distraction is the way to defeat me. So what that manifests as is if, you know, Itamar and I are on a coaching call or on the arena calls, or, um, I'm talking to anybody really, if my brain starts going blank, if like, because I'm used to a certain buzz of my thoughts. I'm thinking about what the person just said. I'm thinking about what I'm about to say. I'm thinking about the words coming out of my mouth. You know, we're all, we all got this little buzz of thoughts going in our head. And for me, when that goes quiet and I have trouble remembering what the person just said, I'm like, aha, aha, I see you imposter syndrome. (laughs) What they just said must be really super duper valuable and exactly what I need to hear because I can't remember it. That, that was triggered of, you emotionally and all of a sudden you're not thinking yeah. in your rational brain. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That, that was, that was one of the signs for me. It's like, aha, there's something super valuable. And I started to get excited when my brain goes blank. Now I get, I get excited. It doesn't happen as often, but when it does, I'm like, Oh, this is something big. And, and <laughs> like, which reminds me of if Itama ever says to you, can I challenge you on this? Or can I, <laughs> can I ask you something? Like you always say, yes it might be painful what he's going to say potentially, but like, it's going to be good. It's going to be the good stuff. So, um, it's going to be well intended. And and honestly, that was my, like something that made me feel uncomfortable during this podcast is when you said that we were originally on that mastermind and you felt like, Oh, this guy's going to see through me. Mm. It made me immediately recognize, man. Yeah. That was, I think a younger, that was a younger me whose main purpose was probably to see the truth instead of helping people. And mm-hmm. like, man, Ben should have felt like I really, this guy really wants to see what's going on so he can help me. And that wasn't mm-hmm. what you said. It was like, now I'm, okay. I'm 
that's my focus, like to help to see things in people, but in order to really help and do it from like a great place, not just a place of me being able to see things and feeling good about myself, being able to call bullshit. You know what I mean? Yes. I, I felt like it was more, you were more direct and to the point. Like here's a problem. Here's the solution. Like right yeah, to it with it, no. It was about me clarifying the truth, not about me wanting to help. And that's why I was doing it in a different way. Yes. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I want to challenge you on that point for, for me, the perspective wasn't that you, know, you were pointing out like, here's how you suck. Um, it was just like, there was probably just needed a bit more cushioning before you tell people the truth they needed to hear that, that, that was basically it. And like you, you it was always a helpful was... thing. Yeah. It was always a helpful thing. But it was just, yeah. Oh, and I was deep in my imposter syndrome. My God, it was, it was terrifying. <laughs> like, oh no, it's fine. Yeah. And there was, I was a, saying, it was like, Emil was on yeah. that call as well. It was on that mastermind call yes. as well. And yes. same thing, <laughs> same thing. Like you guys are so yeah. clear. And it was something that I aspired to and I respected and I wanted to be like that. And I'm working on it. But like, man, my imposter yep. syndrome said, run away, man. Just no, no, no. Awesome. All right, Ben, I want to say a big thank you for being on the show and sharing it. And it took such a different route, but I think such a better route than what I had planned for. And I want to say a big thank you for that. No worries. It was a pleasure. Thank you for listening to the Emotional Fortitude Podcast. Please tell a friend if you enjoyed it and found value in it. Three last things before you go, though. If you feel like someone else with your exact skill set and abilities could be accomplishing more than you currently are, that's a mindset and emotional access issue. And here are three ways I'd love to help you conquer any internal limitations, go big, and win. One, three quick ideas Tuesday newsletter. It's a weekly email with three quick ideas around one aspect of elite performance and how to approach it differently to get better and faster results. People say it's the most thought-provoking and impactful two minutes they spend in their inbox each week. It's easy to sign up to and easy to cancel, and you can sign up at edamomryan.com slash three ideas. Two is the Emotional Fortitude Micro Course. It will help you build the emotional fortitude and confidently tackle any goal. It's the complete, nothing held back, emotional fortitude system in five simple parts. It's all under five minutes each module. See it, use it, and win. And it's completely free at edamarmorani.com slash course. And number three, lastly, if you want to dive in and aggressively level up, the Arena Mindset Accelerator might be for you. It's a six-week intense sprint for entrepreneurs who are up for a dramatic transformation. It's an interactive live program where you'll be working with me in a very hands-on way to get clarity on what you want, build an effective mindset to optimize for your goals, and establish elite emotional fortitude that would allow you to overcome any fear or doubt that could get in your way. You can learn more at itamarmorani.com slash accelerator. You can find all of these links in the show notes below or go to itamarmorani.com and have a look around. Until next time, who dares wins. Who dares wins.